1: Five minutes past the hour here on the morning show with Preston Scott. That's Grant Allen over there in Studio One A. I am here in Studio One B. It is Wednesday, April twenty eighth. Show number forty four fifty one. Day ninety nine of America held hostage, and never, ever has ninety nine days felt more like four thousand and five. I mean, it's absurd. This administration in Congress has only been added since January 20th in combo. And it feels as if it has been an unending siege that has lasted years. Good morning. Sorry. Sorry about that. Didn't, Didn't mean to be too heavy too soon. Hence the verse, 2 Corinthians 4.18, we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I have to daily, daily remind myself, God is not asleep at the wheel. God will let man make a fool of himself. God will let nations rise and God will let nations fall. Though the previous four years were not filled with perfection in any way, shape, or form, America was trending in the right direction. I'm going to share something that's going to sound a little trite, maybe, clicheic. It's not it's not. It just isn't. The things that God touch are marked by addition and multiplication. The things that Satan, evil, touches, marked by subtraction and division. Look at this. Look at what's happening. This is my plea for you to not just pray every single day. And yes, pray for our leaders, as misguided as many of them are. We have some that claim a faith. You know them by the fruit of their labors. Does their claim match up with their actions. That's not how you get into heaven. You don't get into heaven by doing good deeds. You get into heaven by grace through Christ, but that grace should exemplify itself and reveal itself in one's life. Yours, theirs, everyone's. That makes that claim. It should be revealed. What is being revealed? Subtraction and division so not just praying daily but coming together as a light set on a hill a big light that's the way we're supposed to be we're supposed to live our life that way but please rearrange your day get your pastor to announce it from the pulpit on Sunday, National Day of Prayer at Florida's Capitol Thursday, 1130 music, 12 o'clock praying begins. I will be there. Please join me. Ten minutes after the hour, this date in history and more as we get started on this Wednesday edition of The Morning Show with Preston Scott.
2: justice and the american way like superman only with a microphone the morning show with preston scott on news radio 100.7 wfla
1: mayor's day we know we're going to talk to Tallahassee mayor john Daly next hour we will have a frank discussion on a wide, well, maybe not that wide a range. We're going to drill a little deeper today, I think. John, always willing to come in and chat. Don't know about Mayor Greg Brednicki in Panama City. If you know Greg, I, uh, I, Greg thoroughly loves being on the program, but I have not heard back from his administrative assistant with the city of Panama City, and so I sent a note to Greg. I try not to bother People directly unless that's their preference and so i shot a note out to greg yesterday in the late afternoon panama city time and have not heard back so i do not know the eight o'clock hour could be open line wednesday now i mean i i I don't know i mean i've got i've got so many stories here that i've yet to get to that i can just unpack and maybe maybe grant and i'll just like roll dice or toss a coin you know heads will take calls tails will do the stack that's gonna be it huh the coin flip it could be okay i mean the nfl draft is coming up true i don't care much but we could talk about that we we could talk about uh i don't know i don't know yeah we got (laughs) lots of things to talk about though we we absolutely do uh this date in history let's take a look april the 28th james monroe Fifth president of the United States, born in Westmoreland County, Virginia. That's in, I'm sorry, 1758. Did I say 1858? 1758. 1788, Maryland becomes the seventh state to ratify the Constitution. 1817, the U.S. and Great Britain agreed to limit naval forces in the Great Lakes region. Who knew? I mean, really, that's one of those little-known aspects of the Revolutionary War, that the Great Lakes were part of it. We just we don't think about that. Yeah. We think it was all on the on the northeast, northeastern coast, and maybe a little bit into the south. Uh nineteen fifty two. US post World War II occupation of Japan ends. See, we're nice people. We'll get out. We could have kept all that stuff. We could have kept it. We could have kept Germany. Might have had to fight the Ruskies over it, but we could have kept it. True. We could have kept a lot of places. No. No, we came in there to help, and we left. And if you wanted a little military presence to help bolster you a little bit while you got your feet under yourself, of course now some of you still need to get your feet under yourselves so we can get our military out of there. But, you know, you get my point. 1965, fearing that communists might gain power in the Dominican Republic, Lyndon Johnson sends forces to the island to help, help end a civil war. Little known fact in history. And look at this in the American Patriots Almanac in 1997, Grant Allen was born. Look at you, sir. It is true. Happy birthday. Thank you.
3: Thank Did you, you think very much. I forgot? Uh, no, I was just c- kind of thinking of how is he going to drop this one? How will he <laughs> spring the trap? Yeah, so it is true. Thank so, you. Uh,
1: 24. Four, yeah. And married. Correct. Woo! Producing the morning show, writing, using your gifts and talents. Yes. Look at you. Hey, just doing me. Grant Allen, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a media empire unto himself. It's going to be a picture of Grant with his hand on his hips, looking up in the sky with a chiseled chin looking like the empire state building it's a bold prediction but i'll go for it the empire (laughs) grant allen oh my happy birthday thank you thank you very much so what do you you got plans doing anything special today
3: no nothing too crazy just yeah gonna get some pizza dinner out or something pizza tonight pizza in yeah pizza pizza in or out in
1: okay all right I didn't get an invitation for pizza in. 16 minutes after the hour, it's the morning show.
2: FLA on your phone with the iHeart Radio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. This is crazy! And iHeart's radio station.
1: Go. My radio career started when I goofed around as a teenager with uh, a couple of the DJs over at WCCO FM in Minneapolis-St. Paul. I'd be up there in the summertime, and they found out I did voices. One of the things I used to do is is I would, I would mock my father. As Howard Cosell, and uh, Dad wasn't aware that it was me for probably about 12 years later, 10, 12 years later, I told him that that was me, and he was just, at that point, he could laugh about it. He He, wasn't laughing at the time.
3: He had heard the voice work that you were doing mocking him and didn't realize it was you? No.
1: (laughs) No, he didn't. And uh, and so eventually, despite despite all that, I got my my first job as a senior in high school, working for KZZP radio in Phoenix, doing news on an FM, which was like the the news director uh, and the morning news guy was named Paul Talbot, and uh, Paul Paul was oh for sure man, he's kind of a rad dude. You know, kind of that that kind of guy.
3: Straight out of that era.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this was 1980s man, newsman. Hey, for sure. Good news selection. Well done. Well done, bud. <laughs> and he worked with Crazy Dave Otto. And uh, some of you may know some of these names if you were in Phoenix at the time or might remember Crazy Dave from his eras. And uh, and so I did news in the late afternoons. It was a swing shift. So I, I worked with the midday guy, a guy named Randy Stewart, who was from Wisconsin, who had the big accent from Wisconsin there. He just couldn't hide it. Oh, gosh. And then a guy named Steve Goddard. Now, Steve was uh, went on to be uh, kind of a, a big voice guy, did some infomercials in the early days of infomercials. Um, good guys. I mean, all of them really good guys. And so I, I did news for them when I was a senior in high school and I eventually would get fired because I laughed about a story, not because of the story. It was a, just a tragedy of errors that took place. Um, and, uh, Randy across from me really felt bad because it was kind of his fault that I lost, lost it on the air and I lost it just with the worst possible timing <laughs> That's <laughs> something Randy did that I could see right in front of me, and there was no way of avoiding it. And Randy realized it. It was just one of those things; it just happened. So, anyway, um, the the guy who was the um, program director for the station at the time just felt like I, I might not, might need a few more years of seasoning. And so I laid out a news for a little bit, went to work for K O Y Radio. Had you know some great opportunities there. Great, just it was great experience. And uh and then I went to work for a small Christian radio station. Uh I left the big station. I just it was a it was something that I felt like God laid on my heart to do. And I did. It made zero sense. Zero. Because KOY was the you know, it, it wasn't the ninety pound, it was the nine hundred pound gorilla in the in the room. It was one of those AM talker adult contemporary music stations that went AM stereo. It was an ill-fated attempt that AM went for a short period of time. Some of the automobile manufacturers went there, but we, we did everything and we were a big station. And, uh, I went to work for this small station, KRDS. And I did afternoon drive playing Christian music. And it was while I was doing that, that I was introduced to a ministry called Teen Challenge. I had never heard of Teen Challenge. And I learned really quickly that Teen Challenge was not for teens. Yeah, they might have an occasional young 18, 19-year-old there, but it was generally uh, young men and eventually it would be young women that needed help getting away from addictions, uh, drugs and alcohol primarily. The backstory of Teen Challenge is fascinating. It's it's, it's just fascinating. I think it was David Wilkerson and a gang member named Nikki Cruz who came out of the gangs, and, and they founded this program together, and it's changed lives. Well, they're doing a charity golf tournament coming up in June, and uh, I'm going to try to get somebody on from Teen Challenge to just kind of talk about what they do because what they do is phenomenal, and their clean rate is e- even if you factor in um, that they're able to track only so many people that come through their doors. I mean, if you if yeah, it's a voluntary program but it's really really good stuff and if you want to support it they business owners that i'm really talking to you right now if you want to play in it they'd love for you to play in the event it's going to be at golden eagle on the 7th of june i can't play it's too early in the morning for me otherwise i would absolutely be there but if you're interested go to tallahasseegolf2021.eventbrite.com b-r-i-t-e tallahasseegolf 2021eventbritecom and sign up and if you can sponsor they need businesses to step up i'll just tell you it makes a difference 27 minutes after the hour here in the morning show
0: So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's
4: ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to slash on the right. That's fourpatriots, the number four, patriots.com slash on the right.
2: I win a thousand bucks.
5: Let's just do it, okay?
2: We've got a chance for you in less than 30 minutes on News Radio 100.7, WFLA.
1: 36 minutes, almost 37 minutes now past the hour here on The Morning Show. Wednesday, big stories in the press box. Joe Biden, following on the CDC revised guidance on masking, announces, earlier today, the CDC made an important announcement. Starting today, if you are fully vaccinated and outdoors, not in a big crowd, you can go without a mask. Really? Really, Uncle Joe? Do we have permission?
4: Do we have permission to go outside? Is that true?
1: If you're vaccinated, you can do more things more safely indoors and outdoors. For those of you who haven't gotten it, this is another reason to get vaccinated.
3: (laughs)
4: Oh my God. (laughs)
3: oh darn it i realized you know i figured we were going to talk about this and i was going to wear all of the masks that we've acquired over the over the year that none of them that i wear and i was going to wear all of them at one time just to be so
1: safe i just i just i have this compelling need to Paraphrase Princess Leia and Star Wars. (laughs) Emperor Biden, the tighter you squeeze, the more people will just slip between your fingers. (laughs) During the briefing, Rochelle Walensky noted that less than 10% of documented coronavirus transmission has occurred outdoors. So what the crap are we saying? I, I am so over this. This no longer is... It really has nothing to do with coronavirus. This has to do with freedom. How dare the government tell you, okay, you can go back outside if you're vaccinated but only in small crowds well i guess that vaccine's really worth its price isn't it leon county with more vaccinations occurring every day we're eager to be done with this pandemic but it's not done with on un- us yet that's the commission chair rick Miner. The new CDC guidance reinforces what we know: outdoor gatherings can be safe, and indoor gatherings can lead to the spread of COVID nineteen. We need to stay vigilant, safe, wear our masks in indoor spaces. In a related story, Pfizer CEO predicts a oral antiviral therapeutic that that treats COVID by the end of the year a pill you just pop it at home and it stops it from replicating so they say
2: 40 minutes after the hour it's morning show listen to your opinions and tell you you're wrong the morning show with preston scott on news radio 100.7 wfla
1: i just had to put oatmeal in my mouth keep from saying bad things If I, if I have oatmeal in my mouth, I can't talk. Some people are out there going, man, eat oatmeal all morning long, pal. <laughs>
3: Where's this been for 20 years? <laughs> well, what kind of radio
1: program would that be, huh? I do have a question. Yeah, please. Why
3: has the Florida legislature suddenly um, not taken up the idea of what DeSantis called for? So DeSantis um, implemented the executive order to ban vaccine passports. And then he called on the floor to the legislature to pass legislation um, to, to basically codify that, not just through executive order, but through statute. Where's that gone? Why has the legislature just abandoned that? When that was the news earlier in April. Vaccine
1: passports. So, so what happened? It's a great question. Great question. Perhaps... It'll be addressed in some form or fashion during the special session, but I doubt it, because as of right now, special session strictly gaming.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, that's just the, uh, the tribal deal with for gaming.
1: As I understand it, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Grant, it's a fair question. Like, I mean... Lawmakers, and- you're listening to the show. Your aides are listening to the show. What's up? What's up? No, seriously, what's up? What, what, why? Great question. Do, do, you do, and I'm not talking to Grant, I'm talking to you, you do see the insanity of the government giving you permission, and of course, it's figurative, it's not literal, they can't stop you, unless you're on federal public grounds, perhaps, but even there, that might be dicey on public grounds. I mean, I don't know. But but it's like, weird. I wrote a three-page note to Leon County commissioners. I was so incensed yesterday afternoon. I stopped my prep, and I just started writing. I handed it over to my wife for grammatical errors and, and spell check because when I write, I, I know I'm going to make all kinds of mistakes. I'm going to leave because... When, maybe you write like I do. When you when when I write, I don't necessarily put down on paper everything that I'm thinking. So I leave a word out here or there, and it can, and and I might add a letter. And I, instead of way, it might say wait. And it's like oh sorry. And so I have to go back and correct it all. But I I stated I'm going to read just the very beginning and end. And I'm going to post this on my blog page. The Leon County release stating no change in the local mask mandate demands a response. Initially, I had no doubt the commission moved forward with the best of intentions. I ask you to carefully weigh and search what will follow. I believe elected officials owe it to our community to do so. And I gave them sources. I gave them links. I gave them everything. And I closed with this. I want to remind you however indelicate this may be that you all enjoy your pay and benefits as commissioners as do appointed officials due to taxpayers your community has businesses which have closed others on the brink employees have lost jobs many are currently underemployed each and every one of you has enjoyed full pay no loss of benefits during this pandemic many if not most of the community has been financially impacted and or have lost benefits due to a loss of hours. Remove the unenforceable mandate and treat those who pay your salary as adults and let them decide for themselves. Ah! <laughs>
5: Additionally,
1: What Joe Biden is doing right now, have you noticed what's going on with our enemies? U.S. Navy fires warning shots on three Iranian fast boats that got too close. Three Iranian, basically those little dinky speed boats that they hook up with armaments. They had to fire warning shots. They would not stop. Now, keep in mind, Saudi Arabia right now is dealing with drone boats full of explosives. Oh, my gosh. That they think are connected to Yemen. And they're blowing up in their ports. Weakness in the White House, as Mike Pompeo states, Weakness begets war. Strength begets peace. When the other guy in the room can whip your rear, things tend to be more civilized. 47 minutes after the hour, it's the morning show with Preston Scott.
2: Giving you the facts. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7, WFLA.
1: Later on next hour, the police officer from Los Angeles that wants to sit down with LeBron James, pointing out that uh, his tweet was irresponsible, dangerous, ill-advised, wrong, but wants to uh, come at the conversation with an open perspective on listening to the guy, but helping him understand what it's like to be a police officer. I've got, uh, I've got a three-minute soundbite from the police officer that, uh, that I'll, I'll share with you next hour. Mayor John Daly from Tallahassee next hour as well. Got a note here from a listener. Good morning, Preston. I've attached screenshots from a Facebook post of a local restaurant in Perry, Florida. I think it describes the current situation perfectly. Additionally, our local huddle house is being forced to close at 3 o'clock every day because they don't have enough workers to keep it open. A few weeks ago, when I went through the drive-thru at our local McDonald's, there was one person running the entire restaurant. Oh, my. Cooking, taking orders, running the drive through Even our local newspaper had an article last week calling for all willing and able people to get back to work. We're a small town. Unique situation. It's only getting worse. Here's the uh, post from Deal's famous Oy- Oyster House. And I've verified this. I've gone and looked. I've gone to their website and their Facebook page via other means. (laughs) Restaurant life is hard work, and I signed up for it years ago. It has been rewarding career choice, but at the same time, I've sacrificed quite a bit in my own personal life to keep it going. I have no regrets. I'm in the restaurant business because I enjoy serving and meeting people from all walks of life. With that said, I'm quickly finding out that I do not necessarily like all of the walks of life. I'm talking about the individuals who would rather sit on their butts for a free handout rather than working for what they have. We, like just, like just we, just like every other sectors of the business community, are having a hard time finding individuals wanting to work or being willing to work. We're hiring cooks for night shift five to six hours a night, five days a week. More if wanted. If you or someone you know is looking for a job with great people, with a great group of people serving some of the finest people in the world, come see me. If we cannot find competent employees, we will be forced to cut our hours of operation. Spread the word. The political world we live in today is crippling our communities. One may think that it is free money that that has you sitting on your butt, but I promise you nothing is free. It will run out and someone will pay. I am more than anyone I know could I more than anyone I know could use a break. I get tired. Sometimes I don't want to work, but I do. I do because I have bills to pay, mouths to feed. I have a community of friends that enjoy going out to eat and having a place to celebrate milestones. For those people I work I am their employee and I choose to keep up showing, keep showing up for work. I may be the owner of the restaurant, but I work for the people that choose to eat here. It takes everyone working as a team to get the job done. Seeking hard workers who want to earn a living, buy their own things, and not see it, a government handout. Owner of Deal's famous oysters shop. Time for news. Number two, The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Wednesday, April 28th, otherwise known as Grant Allen's birthday. Grant Allen's birthday. It's not April 28th. It's G-Man's birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen.
5: Yeah. 21 22
3: <laughs> i wish those were the golden days oh like, boy that. yeah
5: all, all the way back
1: then <laughs> right. just turned 24 right. right i barely
5: remember yeah
1: cozy up closer you get it you get, we're we, we they were thank you good <laughs> There you go. yeah john Excellent. daly mayor of tallahassee with me this morning Preston,
5: are... thanks for having me on i really appreciate it
1: yeah we're gonna have a discussion today okay Let's start with something that has been in the news that you wanted to talk about, the Team Emergency Response Program.
5: Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited about this program. I think this is one way to truly move Tallahassee forward. Look, we all know that mental health is that issue that either we're individually dealing with, we we are related to someone who's dealing with mental health issues or we know somebody who's dealing with mental health issues. And unfortunately, a lot of the calls that come through uh, for assistance are non-violent mental health calls. Last year, TPD and, uh, well, I should say law enforcement, including Sheriff's Department, took 2,300 calls that were not violent and they were dealing with mental health issues. So last November, I called for the creation of a pilot program. Other communities have been doing this across the country as well to their success, and we call it the TEAM, the Tallahassee Emergency Assistant Mobile Unit. So when a call comes through and it's nonviolent and it's a mental health issue, we will be dispatching, of course, a, a uniform law enforcement officer. That'll be there. They will be in a different uniform, but they will be easily recognizable as a law enforcement officer. And then you'll also have a trained mental health professional and an EMT there, too, for health reasons as well. We know that with this type of response, we could better aid people that are going through a mental health issue. We can transport to the Appalachia Center if need be as well. And, of course, if there's a law enforcement response that is needed, we are there on site as well. And I think it's going to be very successful. Since we launched the program in the first month, we've already had 44 calls. And so we are seeing the need up for it here in Tallahassee, and I'm excited to see the success moving forward.
1: Yeah, there's There's no doubt that the need is there. Just this past weekend, my wife and I had an encounter with somebody that we tried to, to assist and help, and it was very clear that this, this lady had mental health issues. So we called TPD and said, okay, there's no sign of violence here, but there's a sign of severe mental illness. Sure and so those are the type of calls you say the police officers will be there an officer will be there correct that means armed and prepared should things become violent correct dressed differently i'm guessing that is a psychological approach to kind
5: of de-escalate and not heighten things exactly we have been told by the mental health professional community that look sometimes when you have someone that's experienced a mental health trauma A uniform can actually set off the trauma. Now, let's be clear. The officers will truly be uh, recognizable as a law enforcement officer. Mm -hmm. And yes, they will be carrying all the equipment that they need. We have great police officers here in Tallahassee that will be able to respond if need be. Of course. But the lead on the team is a mental health professional. You know, we put a lot of burden on law enforcement today uh, to answer so many different calls. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily fair to have law enforcement that have to serve as counselors, per se, in certain calls, when we should have a trained professional that can handle that and allow the law enforcement to provide backup if needed be. One of the reasons why we have teams. So now we have a situation where you have a trained mental health professional. Where will they come from? So they're dispatched from station one, uh, which is the fire station. But I mean,
1: what feeds that pool of mental health professionals? What qualifies somebody?
5: That's a great question. We have a contract and a relationship with the Appalachian Center. So it's actually trained, licensed mental health professionals from the Appalachian Center that serve on this dispatch team. They are housed together so that they respond just like law enforcement or uh, fire. EMS. so they're on a shift they're on a shift yes okay sir. and it's going and it's going really well we look forward to expanding it and including the sheriff's department as well so we can be countywide. wide and um, again we've had 44 calls in the first month alone last year we had 2300 calls um, that came through and i think it's going to be a good service for tallahassee
1: at any given time how many mental health professionals are available to be called out
5: Well, we will always have one trained professional on the team. It's a three-person team. You know what that rotation is and how many are
1: Eight-hour shifts, basically. Correct. Yes, sir. Okay. And they're able to triage at the site and determine, yeah, this is this and that is that. Absolutely. Gotcha. Mayor John Daly with me 10 minutes after the hour. Check the weather and traffic. Back with more next
4: Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. Morning show with Preston Scott.
2: I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. On News Radio 100.7, WFLA.
1: The minutes after the hour. Tell Assy Mayor John Daly. Again, Greg brudnicki Panama City. I don't know. I don't know if Greg's showing up to talk to me next hour or not. We always have a good visit, but we haven't gotten communication. So uh John, you want to come back?
5: If he does tell him I said hi. He's a great guy.
1: Uh he is. Uh he's a good fellow. All right. Let's talk about some other things. Sure. Um a a city holiday for city workers to vote. Right. And in that, you've made the comment that there's voter suppression across the country. Can you give me an example of that,
5: please? Well, I think that when we look at limiting the number of drop off mail off, uh, drop off um, ballot boxes, uh, legislation that's going through, you know, we always get legislation that tries to curtail early voting as well. And I think that we should open up access to voting as much as possible. I actually think that voting should be a national holiday. I really do. If you look in the great state of Louisiana, their election day is on a Saturday so that they can provide as many people as possible the opportunity to get out and vote. But you don't think two
1: weeks of early voting, including weekends, is enough time to vote?
5: Well, people vote at different times. I'm a traditionalist. I like to vote on Election Day. Me too. And have you you ever had a problem? Sometimes I have had a problem, but it hasn't been a deterrent for me. That is me. But when I look at my schedule and my lifestyle, I have the opportunity to do so. But the
1: days of only voting on Voting Day are long in the rearview mirror. It is a concern to a lot of people that we're giving a paid holiday to city workers on the taxpayer's dime to do something that they have ample time to do over a two-week period. And plus, by law, they have to be given time in a workday to vote on Election Day.
5: That, I believe, is a little fuzzy. and I'm not an attorney, but think of this. If you give an extra hour to allow people to vote and you show up at the polls and it's a three-hour wait to get in, which we have seen here in Leon County before, then you get in a little gray area. Well, do you? I mean, and this is where
1: I I think people struggle with what we do sometimes with law. Sure. Common sense says, okay, supervisor, come on. Come on. (laughs) But does it warrant a day off when there's so many days?
5: I also think, look. Personally, I think it should be a city holiday. I think it should be a state holiday. I think it should be a federal holiday. I think schools should be out. I think kids should be involved. Obviously not in voting because they're not old enough, but they should be involved in the election process. In return for no early voting? Civic education is important. Agreed, And I think it's been left off the table recently. Agreed. So I think as a society, we should put more emphasis on Election Day.
1: And give back some of the
5: early voting days? No, I think that we should make it as successful so do it all. as possible. Sure. Okay. If in my in my dream world if we had 100% participation in voting that would be incredible. As an American, we have a right to vote. Absolutely, we, we should as provide. long as you're
1: legally in this country.
5: Of course, I mean you have to be able to provide your ID and everything, and follow but, all the but, laws and the rules. But
1: when you say and you announce and you in a press conference talk about voter suppression, I just want you to detail what's voter suppression that's out there.
5: Well, we're seeing the legislation that's gone through in Georgia. We've seen which it ha- is not voter suppression. There <laughs> is an expansion of voting, John. We well, they have limited the hours of drop off boxes as well, and we have seen opportunities in other states and also in the state of Florida. the past years to try to curtail and and put in voter suppression efforts look when we limit our voting ability to where you can't even hand out a bottle of water to people that are standing in heat to go out well
1: people can bring water if they feel that's important
5: i just think that we should try to open it up as much as possible and allow people to vote
1: so you're okay with the state republican party handing out water for people in line do you think that's appropriate yes of course you do
5: now by law you can't put a sticker on it you can't put any advertising on it because if you're with so why not just put it
1: on the put the burden on the person if you're thirsty bring a bottle of water because that's legal
5: (laughs) right well sometimes i don't necessarily bring water with me because i think i'm going to be in and out in 30 minutes and it might be an hour or two hours standing in line
1: i can't think of a time with two weeks of voting that that is really possible but i suppose it can be but But again, it's like, okay, so, yeah. (laughs) But I I, there isn't voter suppression. What happened in Georgia is one of the greatest tragedies of, of all time.
5: Right. Well, I think we should open it up. Again, I think it should be a national holiday. I really do. I think Election Day should be a national holiday.
1: John Daly, mayor of Tallahassee, with me 16 minutes after the hour here on The Morning Show.
2: FLA at WFLAFM.com. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. And iHeart's radio station.
1: 21 minutes after the hour, the morning show with Preston Scott proving that we can have good conversation on the radio program here. Of course. Two different sides of the aisle, two different views on. A lot of things, not all things. I'm good with what we're doing with the mental health thing because we've both agreed that a lot of the homeless issues that we face in this community are mental health issues. Yeah. And that spirals into other things as well.
5: But, Preston, that's why I love coming on your show, is that we always have a good conversation. We don't necessarily agree on everything. We need more dialogue like this. Why don't you in, think it can in happen? Society. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. If everybody is just so dug in on their own positions. And, what if I, and, what if
1: I made a suggestion as to why it doesn't sure, happen? Sure, sure. If you step back, and I try very, very hard to step back and self-analyze and so forth. If I were to suggest to you that generally speaking, and there are always exceptions, I think you're an exception. I do. I think that people that are on the left side of the aisle that hold very strong convictions tend to, when they get into a discussion, get personal. Hmm. And if you follow Twitter and Facebook, that's what you see. It devolves into name-calling, profanities on the left side of the aisle. It's the inability to have a discussion without using profanities.
5: I, I might have seen one been on the receiving end of one or two of those communications.
1: <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, but that that dialogue is,
5: for the most part, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And that's why I love coming on. I mean, we've been friends for a long time, personally. We don't agree on every issue. My wife and I don't agree on every issue. My mother and I don't agree on every issue. That's that's part of how it goes. But we should always continue the dialogue, and especially in a public forum. This is how people educate themselves and make their own decisions, is by listening and participating. Does it
1: concern you that Facebook and Twitter and these platforms de-platform people that have differing views oh, and okay. that are almost always conservative?
5: I agree. I agree. And it does concern me. I mean, we have a First Amendment right of freedom of speech and expression. And any time you curtail your freedom of speech, um, that is very concerning to me. It really is. Now, at the flip side, you know, me personally, I always try to uh, conduct myself in a respectful manner. That's Mm -hmm. just me. That's how I live my life. And so, you know, I'm not going to be out there calling people horrible things publicly and, you know, using bad language and everything. That's just me. But let's remember that the First Amendment, um, just because I don't like it doesn't mean you don't have a right to say it. And When you start censoring, that becomes an issue.
1: CNN has been uncovered by Project Veritas because their producers, their anchors have been caught admitting to uh, one of their technical directors, caught admitting ad nauseum to slanting the news, uh, creating stories that hurt Donald Trump and helped Joe Biden. Um, and now they're facing a lawsuit by Project Veritas for def- defamation. Hmm. Um, it's crept not just from the social platforms, but it's in our mainstream media as well. There is an absolute bias out there. How do you, does does that impact your decorum at all as a mayor, knowing that the media outlets are candidly they're in the tank for your side of the aisle? They are.
5: Do you have to be aware of that? Of course. Of course. Now, I will say that I enjoy the relationship that I have with all of our local media outlets. I think uh, the television station, even my relationship with the reporters at the Democrats, Steve Stewart's paper, all the radio stations, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on. I think that the real dialogue happens when it's Preston and John sitting down having a conversation about our issues. When, you know, I can't control the national media and how they're reporting, whether it's on the far left or the far right. And quite frankly, but that bias spills down locally. For example, several several weeks ago,
1: all of the Gannett papers ran the exact same headline on gun control. And it was basically that mass shootings are up nationwide and up in this state. And it was the exact same headline Mm -hmm. within two weeks of each other in newspapers across the country, including the local newspaper. And I made a prediction on the air. I said, watch, within days, legislation's coming from Democrats on guns. It happened later that very day. Hmm. That's alarming. And as an elected official, I would think that any newspaper, even local, that is part of that You have to question their credibility.
5: Well, it's an interesting conversation. and I mean, we could spend a couple hours on it alone, talking about these large, major, multinational corporations that are buying up newspapers, not only here, but across the world, and how it's influencing the local papers as well. Um, Whether it's television, whether it's print media, you put into that the, the whole conversation about the struggles that print media is having, trying to go online, and the impacts of social media on how they report and how that's affecting their bottom line. I mean, I'm not an expert than any of this but we all see what's going on around us in the media and it's fascinating
1: the reason I love what I do is no matter what you and I talk about you will never be taken out of context because you said it here and it's never edited thanks for coming on the show
5: hey thank you Preston I appreciate it
1: John Daly mayor of Tallahassee my guest 27 past the hour
2: thousand bucks
5: let's just do it okay
2: we've got a chance for you in less than 30 minutes on news radio 100.7 wfla
1: okay 35 minutes after the hour greg brednicki is a go He's emailed me. He's going to be on the program this morning. Lots to talk about with Mayor of Panama City. I I enjoy Mayor's Day. As John pointed out, we don't agree on, on a lot of things. We agree on some things. But I enjoy having the mayors of the two larger cities that we deal with routinely, Tallahassee and Panama City, on the program to be on the record. And as I pointed out to John, you get you get what you get. There's not any editing out. You you're not going to have the reporter selecting what part of the soundbite they want.
0: Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pet peeve number
1: 5004 with the rest of the media. They'll sit down and do a 20-minute interview with a guy and give him one sentence in the article. What'd you do that for? It's just... Anyway... How about good news in the press box? Pfizer says that the coronavirus oral antiviral pills should be ready by the end of the year. What is significant about this is this is something A. You can just take it home. B, it is a therapeutic, which means it is called a protease inhibitor. It prevents the virus from replicating. So it snuffs it, and your immune system kicks its butt from there. So they only recommend
3: it, or they will be recommending it, if you are sick. Perhaps. Or if you've got it. Symptoms. Not as a preventative measure.
1: It would seem. Gotcha. And then C, no ouchie. You don't have an ouchie. You don't get stuck in you the You don't arm. get an ouchie and a Winnie the Pooh Band-Aid. Because <laughs> that's the one I would ask for. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh or, or, or maybe a, a Mickey Mouse Band-Aid that's cute maybe maybe grover from sesame street i don't know (laughs) now the bad news under the category of what planet did you fall off of (laughs) joe biden giving giving those of you that have had a vaccination permission to be outside without a mask Now, I know that there are some of you, and and I apologize if I'm coming off a little harsh with all of this, but you have to understand, the masks are an absolute mirage to a virus. They don't exist. If you hock something out of your mouth, a mask is going to catch it. It's going to do a good job. As Anthony Fauci said You know, a droplet or something like that. But if you got a little schmutz. If you get a little (laughs) schmutz on your fingers, it could make things worse. And I contend and I believe I can make a very strong case that the CDC has lied for political purposes all along. Remember, the CDC is a political organization evidenced by its change in two distinct protocols with regard to covid how deaths are handled and masks because for two decades prior to covid deaths were handled in a totally different way they weighted it so that covid carries an inordinate amount of weight on determination of morbidity When, in fact, there are more than likely comorbidities and COVID is only a small player. The point is that the death toll, if we applied the pre-October 2020 standards, would be 6%. Leon County, that's 18. Nation, 35 plus thousand. Not 500 and some thousand. It matters. And, oh, by the way, masks suddenly don't stop viruses any more than they did before COVID. It's a virus, and it hasn't changed its size. There's still little Napoleons out there 40 minutes after the hour.
2: Live Local and Laughter. It's the morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Just let you
1: listen here. I've been very critical of LeBron James. I think everyone has a right to be critical, of course, of whatever they want to be. But yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty fired up about Bron Bron. I, I think I think he has abused his platform. But he has a right to, to abuse it. I don't think he has a right to abuse it while in the uniform or in a post-game press conference. He's on the clock for the NBA. I think the NBA and the L.A. Lakers need to deal with that. Bron Braun's a big guy. He can, he can quit and then go about being an activist like Colin Kaepernick. But an L.A. police officer named Dion Joseph happens to be black. He had this to say about the entire LeBron Braun and his reaction to the Ohio shooting.
6: Everybody's hurting right now. And not only is everybody hurting, people are also being gaslit. They're also being put together and everybody's in their own silo or their tribe. And when we begin to tribalize, bad things start to happen. Uh, And uh, it's just really unfortunate. So uh, I just really wanted to just hopefully show that two men from different ends of a spectrum uh, can sit down. And actually, we probably want the same thing. We want to save lives but there's ways to do it without creating or widening widening the chasm. I don't want to call him irrational because if I wasn't a police officer and all I saw 24 seven on social media and on the radio was that the police are out to get black people, police hate people of color, and they're repeating that over and over and over again, I'd probably feel the same way. So I was LeBron James before I became a police officer. So I want the the anger towards him uh, to stop because he, in my opinion, just like I was, is also a victim uh you know uh he's also been guided to a thought because that's all he was exposed to so for everybody that's out there that's you know so happy that a cop is coming against lebron that needs to stop right now that's not what i'm about uh, i'm not about calling him out or laying him out i'm about hoping that we can sit down like men and have a civil conversation and understand and humanize each other uh that's the main reason i reached out the way that i did uh, uh he's a I think he's a good human being. The things he's done for children, uh, I think is incredible. And man, when people were giving him flags, I said, dude, this is a really good dude right here. Now, of course, I didn't like what he said, but I feel like in my heart that, you know, there's hope. If if not Key and I, maybe what I've done can spark dialogue across the nation where cops and communities can start sitting down again and humanize each other once again. That's That's so important. Where do police forces uh, recruit from? The American public. And I can assure you the vast majority of people they recruit are people who came on with the best of intentions. They're not perfect, but I think their hearts are in the right place. They wanna do the right thing. And yes, unfortunately, the negative exception can get in. I'm not denying that, Uh, but for the most part, uh, you can trust that most officers are just hardworking blue collar people trying to do a very tough job. We're human beings dealing with human beings and and that's not always gonna be perfect or pretty. We just got, we have to stop the tribalism. We have to stop the dehumanization of each other. Uh, You know, look, our job is as unpredictable as humanity is, and we're human beings doing it. And if you understand that, you'll get it. Um, No cop wakes up in the morning wanting to take somebody's life. I mean, imagine, you know, nobody wants that smoke nowadays, but uh, these are split second decisions. Uh, Do we always get it right? Most of the time we do, sometimes we don't. But that's not always default to racism. Uh, You know, we have to judge people by the content of their character and the totality of their circumstances, like Dr. Martin Luther King, not their skin color. And that's important to also reduce his chasm and step back, take a few deep breaths, wait for the facts to come out before you judge.
1: Yeah. Great comments. Great comments. LAPD officer Dion Joseph. He said, as far as LeBron James, his current stance on policing is so off base and extreme. It showed a lack of understanding of the challenge of our job in the heat of the moment. You basically put a target on the back of a human being who had to make a split-second decision to save a life from a deadly attack. The officer went on to say, Look, you said you took your tweet down because you didn't want it to be used for hate when the tweet itself was the embodiment of hatred, rooted in a lack of understanding of the danger of the situation. So congratulations to the officer. Uh, I appreciate that he said he doesn't want it to be a, an officer coming back to LeBron but that's what it is and I appreciate it and I know other law enforcement officers do as well now I'll be fascinated to see if LeBron is man enough to step up and have the conversation 46 minutes after the hour
2: Morning show with Preston Scott. You can't handle the truth on News Radio 100.7 WFLA.
1: Let's see if we can chronicle this and put some uh, some arms around it. All right, Florida has a problem with pythons. Bad one, Yep. yep, yep, yep. We've got Burmese and rock pythons that have destroyed the Everglades. They're winning the war, absolutely winning the war. Because what's going to happen is they do take on alligators, but they kill all the young alligators too. They eat them. They eat them. They're, they're, they're little guys. They produce about a, between seventy and a hundred snakes at a time. And while they're doing a good job putting, you know, they're catching the male snakes and putting homing devices in them. And then they follow them back to the female and then they kill the female and then eradicate the guys around there. And that's fine. But it's, the battle's over. That, that war is lost. All right. So we've got that. In your newscast, locally, we've got an iguana problem.
3: Yeah. primarily South Florida, but it's the, an iguana problem. It's an iguana problem.
1: Just like South Florida's a Burmese python problem. Correct. And maybe even a few anacondas down there. Sure. You seen the movies about anacondas? They get like a hundred and forty feet long and, and oh, will yeah. swallow a Volkswagen hole. Yeah. Uh let's see. We've got lionfish. In our rivers, off our coast, yeah,
3: riv- uh, on the coast, c- almost working their way into tributaries across the state.
1: Yeah, they're invasive, and they uh, they destroy all of the fishery. Yeah, you've got that other fish from South America. Oh, that we talked about the that par- washed up on Parmaia, par- Parmaya. whatever it is. Yeah, it's ugly and it's mean. And it's a completely invasive species that was in a river that feeds into the uh, gulf. And now this.
3: (laughs) What a great time to have an ammo shortage with all these creatures trying to kill us.
1: (laughs) A tarantula first spotted on the grounds of Zoo Miami.
3: Yeah. On the grounds, not even in captivity?
5: No. Oh, sweet Lord. That's my
1: point. Sweet Lord. Researchers now have identified it as a new species of venomous tarantula. Oh, my stars. The Pine Rockland Trapdoor Spider, first spotted on the grounds of Zoo Miami in 2012, wasn't until this year that researchers identified it as an entirely new species. They have a rough carapace. On their front half, and a silvery-gray abdomen with a light-colored patch on top. They're really quite beautiful spiders, said Rebecca Godwin, assistant professor of biology at Piedmont College. No, they're not. They're a spider. They're, <laughs> they're ugly, they're gross, they bite, and they're poisonous. Where are they from? I guess Pine Rockland. Whatever. <laughs> I have no idea the zoo miami yeah, how the, does that happen the
3: miami zoo is their home
1: how does that happen how does a new species never before known show up outside captivity <laughs> at a zoo yeah, if it were in you know if they were having conjugal visits on the weekends in the <laughs> aquarium's okay whatever <laughs> you bred the thing yeah right But they're saying, no, no, this is a totally new deal. I'm just like, what? Florida's like ground zero for Jurassic Park. For disasters. (laughs) Yes. They're going to be ruling our... We're going to have snakes slithering across the Capitol any day now. Yikes. Mayor Greg Brednicki, Panama City, joins me next. It's after the hour, it's hour number three, Wednesday on the morning show with Preston Scott, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Here we are over there celebrating his 24th birthday, producer of the radio program, our post-millennial Grant Allen. He's in Studio 1A, I am here in Studio 1B, great to be with you. I'm Preston Scott, and we are joined by the mayor of Panama City, the one, the only, Greg Brednicki. Hello, mayor, how are you?
7: Good morning, Preston, I'm doing well.
1: I was just talking before the top of the hour about the fact that the Miami Zoo now has a new problem. They've they've uncovered inside the zoo, living there, a venomous tarantula, okay? Now, that's Miami, but we also have a problem with Burmese pythons. We have a problem with lionfish off our coasts, and iguanas now are fair game. I'm curious, with the climate in and around Panama City, do you have problems with exotic animals like iguanas wandering around?
7: We just have a crayfish problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, huh? I, I think so. I know that, uh, that I've been on this committee to uh, talk about reopening the pass, and one of the, one of the issues that we've uh, talked about is the fact that we've got a Choptahatchee beach mouse that may be displaced uh and so we may not be able to reopen the pass and i really we could spend a couple of segments on that one but uh it really um for the health of the bay i i, I would hope that they would think that the bay and the seagrasses were more important than uh, certain flowers and beach mice but you know we don't have the exact same issues but we got some that are that are just as challenging. Panama
1: City has just been given quite an accolade, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, in the wake of what your community has been through, Greg, I think it's nothing short of astounding. Share with our listeners.
7: Well, we, we uh, yesterday, uh, found out that we were considered the eighth best place to live in uh, uh, growing or pop in population uh, in America, which speaks. Uh, volumes for, I guess, the fact that, you know, we've had a lot of notoriety. Uh, you know, you haven't heard us <laughs> by uh, uh, us talking every month and, and really on a national level. I guess people have found out during this uh, COVID crisis that they were forced to stay home and forced to Zoom and forced to work from their house. And then if they realize that it costs you X amount of dollars to live in San Francisco and New York and you have to work from your home, uh, why not get out of that home and go live somewhere that's not going to cost as much and is going to have a hell of a lot better weather and uh, access, you know? So I I think that helps, you know? I mean, common sense, you know, you're forced to, uh, to, to, to do certain things, especially a lot of the people that maybe were living in an area like that where, they couldn't make as much money because of the COVID, and they still had that big, beefy house payment living in a city that you had to wear a mask just to uh, step outside. So, you know, we, we, we were a little bit more lenient with that situation. We didn't have a mandate. We we, we tried to keep people as safe as possible, but we didn't, we, wouldn't, we didn't get goofy about it, you know?
1: Were you surprised the governor extended the state of emergency, and what would your understanding be in maybe trying to figure out why it was done?
7: Now you're saying the state of emergency for COVID? Yes, sir, I am. Or, or okay, because we've got two of them in place in the city. One is one has to do with the hurricane, but no, no, I'm not surprised. We extended it again uh, in our meeting yesterday, and simply because I think when the hospitals tell me that we no longer have a COVID ward, if they don't, if they haven't allocated a certain amount of space in the hospital for that specific thing then that's probably going to, you know, we're going to lean towards possibly not having that as a state of emergency. But as long as the state has it, we're going to follow suit with that situation. But there's still a few people with it, and we still want people to protect themselves. It is getting better. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're not quite as neurotic about it.
1: <laughs> well, speak for yourself, sir. We're plenty neurotic <laughs> here, and we seem to be very proud of it. <laughs> yeah Hang on, Greg. Greg Bridnicki, the mayor of Panama City, with me as we chat here on The Morning Show with Preston Scott.
2: First to know The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7, WFLA.
1: He's the mayor of Panama City, the Honorable Greg Brednicki, with us. We do this once a month and talk to the mayors of Tallahassee and the mayor of Panama City. Keep you up to speed on what's going on in your community and in the communities around us. We love each other. We want the best for each other. And uh, Greg, you were just—we were just kind of touching on COVID. I, and I'm—I'm I'm not trying to be flippant here, but Panama City has proven that it's possible to navigate the waters of this without mandates that suggest somehow the government's in charge of telling you what you can and cannot do w- regarding a mask?
7: Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, the same people that said we were the eighth fastest growing city are the same ones that six or eight months ago said that we were the worst for COVID. And it's because they had some skewed numbers yep. you know that didn't get straightened out before. So you know, it's all in the making sure that your your facts are are, are true. So I think that uh, we applied a lot of common sense uh, to our issue over here. Uh, we had businesses; they said, "Listen, uh, it's your business. Uh, you can restrict someone from coming." I'm in the funeral business. Yep. We encouraged people to wear masks, you know, to make sure that they wore them when we had a chapel service and also in churches. And 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 by and large, they did when it was really, uh, rampant and, and, but we did not force people. We didn't put a mask mandate in because I couldn't see going around saying, okay, you got a $25 fine. You don't have a, a, you have a, you know, you don't have a mask on. It's too hard to regulate and too hard to enforce. Um, just try to apply common sense to the situation. And, and, uh, and that's basically what we did here. And, I feel like it worked. We did have a lot of people that were sick, regardless of whether or not they wore a mask. Yeah. My son's in Atlanta right now, and he's been wearing a mask all the time. Guess what? He just got COVID. So, uh, uh, you know, I I, I I don't know what the what the real answer is, but we heard so many mixed messages from so many people that were so-called experts. How could you rely on all the different things, especially with the puns, all the different things that people were saying. So we applied common sense to our situation.
1: Greg, you mentioned a second state of emergency still existing as a result of Hurricane Michael. We're about to enter another hurricane season. Give us the status of state funding and just kind of where things are right now.
7: Well, you know, we're very hopeful that we're going to be uh, getting some money from the legislature from this, this round uh, of them meeting. But we have a $113 million fund uh, amount of money that's going to be coming through FEMA, through the state, for us to do infrastructure on it, but which, you know, 25% of that is going to be forgiven. The other 75% we get 20 years to pay for it uh, with no interest. So all of that money is going to be coming into our area, into our city, to redo roads that were just, uh, and, and, and because of the trees, devastated infrastructure under the ground, and uh, you know some really dated stuff. That that's all it took was uh, have it have it exacerbated by by the trees being uprooted, and and so from that. Uh, we'll be able to to uh, fix things that we probably wouldn't have been able to fix before, uh, except in you know in little dibs and dabs and increments. So uh, that really helps us, and it helps us. That's another one of the reasons that 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 we may be on the growing trend because, especially like with Tyndall, you know, we've got Tyndall's There's going to be over four billion dollars spent at Tyndall. We're definitely going to get three squadrons of F-35s here. So there are a lot of people are, that are moving here. Uh, because of the fact that that uh, you know there are a lot of exciting things that are happening since the storm, and we'll have an area we're going we're to do a study on our stormwater to make sure that we can help uh, fix that situation, or or, or for our uh, you know for the developers that come in. So uh, all of those things lead to uh, the reason that we are growing.
1: Mayor Greg Brednicki with me for one more segment. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion. Man, F-35s, not only is that good for the economy, but they're really cool when they do flyovers. All right, 16 minutes past the hour. More in a
2: moment. UFLA On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos.
4: And free. And
2: iHeartRadio station.
1: The mayor of Panama City. See that? Hit that, that little post there on the music. Wham! The mayor of Panama City, Greg Brednicki, with me this morning, Wednesday on the morning show. It's April 28th in your calendar, but forever now known as Grant Allen's birthday. And so uh, Grant's celebrating his 24th birthday over there in Studio 1A. Greg, is there a pecking order? You mentioned projects, and you've got a list of them, and, and I know your constituents know the things that need to get done but is is there a pecking order to the things that has have been determined to be the single most important you' got to do when the money comes in?
7: Well, one of the things that i mean there are a lot of things that we've got going on uh fema we've still got twelve projects that FEMA has not approved yet, which we're still waiting on but uh, you know, most of the things that that we're uh, wanting to do now, getting our quality of life things uh, up to par, as far as the parks and stuff, to have a sense of normalcy, getting a bunch more trees planted. Our stormwater issue here, with a million trees being gone uh, in the city, the, the stormwater, the, the the water level in the city is is certainly higher when we have rain. In the- and that makes those things are, are really exacerbated by that because after the storm we were able you know we realized how much storm water was running into uh, pipes that were cracked or, or, or broken and then processed through our through our uh, sewer system you know through our uh, sewage uh, plant right so those are the things that need to get done first uh, so that we can be prepared for all the all the things that are that uh that we want to do it's uh it's amazing um since the storm how many things that that when we had sally come through with all the rain that came from sally yeah uh how we found a lot of stuff that that uh that was broken that we didn't realize before so we've still got a lot of work to do on roads and And uh,
1: infrastructure. Michael obviously decimated the community in a lot of different ways, Mayor, and one of the most significant, obviously, is the housing situation, because then workers come in, flood the area to try to put things back in order. They don't have any place to stay for long-term projects. How's the housing situation in Panama City?
7: Getting better. We've gotten quite a bit of money from the state uh, to be able to help people get things uh, repaired and to get things built. We've uh, cities invested in having some making lots available for developers. So there are, there is a lot going on. There's a lot of apartments being built. Now we're still waiting for HUD to get some money for our public housing. You know, get getting that started that we, you know, it's cleared and ready, but, but it's not done yet. One of the things that I failed to mention earlier um, was yesterday, Our high school, one of our local high schools, Bay High School, the Mm -hmm. cheerleaders were the national champions in their, uh, for the national cheerleading champions for the United States. Whoa. Came back on a bus. Now you can imagine being a state champion, but being a national champion, um, that's a big deal. Heck yeah, it is. Way to go! So we got out and celebrated with them a little bit yesterday, and and uh, painted their bus with the fire department hose, and and uh, it was a big deal. So I, I really thought I needed to mention that. Well, I'm girls glad you did. Very very hard.
1: Yeah, shout yeah. out to all you at Bay High School and uh, parents. I know you make the sacrifice along with your kids, but kiddos, well done there. Well done. That's a good honor.
7: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: All right, wrapping up here. What is upcoming in upcoming city commission meetings or meetings that you will be attending that are consequential to the citizenry
7: well uh we now have all of our plans approved for the revitalization of all the different districts as well as the downtown so now uh we are going to start actually putting those plans in action and one of the things that happens is you know a lot of times you'll have these plans that get done and they sit on a shelf but now because of the storm we will have resourcing available to do the things that we need to do so that's the next step is to uh is to uh, put those plans in place for the things that that we have realized after having our consultants come in and tell us this is what you need to do in millville this is what you need to do in Glenwood, this is what you need to do in st andrews and downtown and you know, with St. Joe's signing their uh, uh, cut the ribbon on that a few weeks ago, all of those things are now going to come to fruition because all of the everybody's got the resourcing to do it. There's no excuse.
1: Greg, as always, I, I I really enjoy our visits together, and thanks so much for the thirty minutes. I appreciate it. We'll talk again next month.
7: Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys. Thank you,
1: Mayor Greg Brednicki, with us this morning on the morning show with Preston Scott. Twenty-seven minutes
0: pass.
4: And when you want, or
2: listen again. The Preston Scott podcast is at WFLAFM.com.
1: <laughs> All righty, let's go ahead and let's let's do this. I am. Uh... He's rubbing
3: his forehead. Yeah, my brain is going
1: to blow up. This would be what Glenn Beck would call a duct tape moment, brown paper bag. When the Leon County Commission sent out a note saying, Aha! The governor has extended the state of emergency. And I'm asking for what the reasoning was behind that. And look, Ron DeSantis doesn't do things for no reason. There is a reason why this was done. I just want to have those outlined and explained to me. Because what it did is it gave communities like Leon County the ammunition to keep the mask mandate in place. Now, juxtapose that to what's happening in Panama City, though, where they don't have a mask mandate, but they too have an emergency order. The differences are stunning in how each community is handling this. I was so, okay, that's it. I had been delaying writing this note to the city, to the county commission. And I believe earnestly that early on when they did this, they felt like they were doing the right thing. You know, early on, we weren't sure exactly what we were dealing with. Were we dealing with a biological weapon? I mean, that was not out of the realm of possibility, and it's still a consideration for how this thing got started. A test run of how this might work. However, as I saw businesses hurt, people lose jobs. People be underemployed because they can't recover the job they once had the way they had it because hours were cut, because businesses were damaged, and businesses have closed. Rest assured, it's happened. And, and so the, the Leon County Commission has refused to give any measuring tool by which we can hold them accountable to give back the freedom that they've stolen. And yes, it's been stolen. Now, I admit, I don't wear a mask hardly ever. I've never worn a mask. I mean, when I had to go to Mayo Clinic for uh, some diagnosis work back, I I forget when it was, in fact, just a few months ago. I had to wear a mask to walk into Mayo. Okay, whatever. That's fine. But the extent I've ever gone is I put a gator up over my face and rock on. Um, but only now will I do it if I'm asked. And you better ask me politely. Because the county ordinance is a shell. It is it is unenforceable, but it is damaging businesses. And, and my note to the commission, I'm going to post on my blog page. I'm going to go ahead and put it up there. It's got links. And it lays out what I think. And, and obviously, you know, I, I am accused of at times, well, you always think you're right. Well, heck yeah, I do. And so do you. If you don't think you're right when you're doing whatever it is you're doing, you're an idiot. You ought to do what you think is right. Of course I think I'm right. But if I'm wrong, I also have the courage to admit it, but I will make the argument. And I laid out the argument to the county commission, but it ends with this. You have kept getting paid your full wages and your benefits at the taxpayer's expense whom this mandate harms their businesses. There are businesses that want to rip the sign off, but they won't do it because some of the mask holes around here are going to make their life miserable if they do. And I get it. If you're that business, I get it. I absolutely get it. Because we have enough illiberal leftists around here that will ruin you. I get it. Stay afloat. But I'm going to share a brief version of the apologetic On the whole masking thing
2: next. Morning show with Preston Scott.
0: What's up, Doc?
2: On News Radio 100.7, WFLA. Come on, come on, come on, come on.
1: The Apologetic. I will be printing this, uh, publishing this on my blog page, and I may add a couple things to it but this is what was sent to the county commission and feel free to just consider this or just say, you've lost your mind. Preston, uh, Masks are the only way to survive. Just keep in mind. I haven't gotten sick. I haven't missed one day of work due to sickness during this whole thing. And I don't wear a mask. I go to the grocery stores. I go shopping. I go to restaurants. I do exactly what I've always done. You just for whatever it's worth. There, but for the grace of God, go I. I get it. Reliance on the CDC is bad policymaking. CDC is a political organization underneath the federal government. It is shaped by politicians and bureaucrats. Prior to March of 2020, there's a reason why Anthony Fauci, Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General, why they all said guidance is that healthy people don't need to wear masks. Let me ask you, how can you credibly say that that guidance suddenly shifted at the end of the very month when they were saying that on national television if the the pandemic had just started? The pandemic in America didn't get serious until March. There's no way there can be a study showing that masks suddenly work. It's not possible. And oh, by the way, there still aren't studies that show they work. They're guesses. They're opinions. They're guidance. But I want you to hold on to the fact Fauci and the CDC and, and the Surgeon General said masks are not needed for healthy people. They later circled back and said, oh, but asymptomatic, asymptomatic, nothing. Every viral outbreak has asymptomatic people. There are always people that are not affected by the virus with symptoms. They just carry it. Boom, 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 That's why we're supposed to wash our hands. That's why you cough into your elbow. That's why if you feel a little awkward, a little under the weather, you stay home. That's why you do those things. Suddenly, though, the masks were the thing to do. Also, suddenly, the CDC changed the guidelines on how medical examiners and coroners determine cause of death. They weighted COVID-19 heavily. So heavily, they changed the guidelines in October of 2020. Why? Honestly, the numbers weren't scary enough. By changing the numbers and not going with what were the accepted guidelines that the CDC had published for the two decades prior, the numbers inflate. All of a sudden, you now literally see no flu this year. There's no flu. It's all COVID. Deaths of every major illness are down. Because it's all being attributed to COVID. COVID. If you apply the same metric that was the CDC guidance prior to October of this past year, the death toll is 6% the announced number. Then there are studies done and published in the New England Journal of Medicine as well as the National Institute of Health, the National Center for Biotechnology Information. Here reviewed... Hear reviewed that show masks have no effect on a virus. Meanwhile, as businesses and people are suffering as a result of the mandate, and they are, your elected officials using your tax dollars continue to get their full paychecks and benefits. That is an offense to me, and it ought to offend you. The least they can do is cut their pay and their benefits. 46 minutes after the hour. It's the Morning Show with Preston Scott. minutes after the hour here on the morning show and i think it's time absolutely it's time grand producer of the morning show Push that tear back in, buddy. Push that <laughs> tear back in. And you played in. the Chipmunks version. You're welcome.
3: My wife, when she goes back and listens to this, she's going to laugh so hard. Because we watched like one of the Chipmunks movies, and I was just terribly annoyed the entire time. And so it's been like a running inside joke that she knows the Chipmunks from that one movie. Like just annoyed the crud out of me, and so the So fact what was
1: it that they were rodents?
4: I
3: don't. Their, their voices were pitched. It was what? just a. I don't know what it was. It was. Be, it may be the high pitched nature and the way they sang, <laughs> and so you chop the chipmunks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so thank you. Hey, You're welcome. Th- thank you very much.
1: The gift that keeps on giving. That's right. Yep. Uh, from not the bee, uh, Vogue is now asking the question. Is having a baby in 2021 pure environmental vandalism? Saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what's racist today? Having a child? Soap dispensers. Uh-oh. Automatic soap dispensers. Okay, I did not see that one Yeah, coming. actually, it's a story that's been out for a little bit. Uh, the claim is that soap dispensers are racist because they don't recognize... Uh, darker skin melanin
7: like the automatic darker sensor melanin. ones yeah and that's oh.
1: absolute hogwash because they don't recognize mine or yours or anybody else's routinely either you you have to you have to do like a, a gyration type dance in front of those things to get them to dispense soap they're brutal like the, like they're just like the the hand towel dispensers oh yeah you wave nothing hey. you wave again <laughs> you start talking to shake it. your fanny in front of it i mean you do an indian <laughs> dance you do whatever you can to get one shred of paper and then you get one and then it usually jams up on you
2: brought to you by baroneau heating and air it's the morning show 180 on wfla
1: look back at the program in 180 seconds or less talk to the two mayors john daly of tallahassee greg brednicki panama city check it out on the podcast in just a little bit it's good conversation with both joe biden is giving you permission to be outdoors again Without a mask, if you get vaccinated, maybe, in small crowds. (laughs) Nothing like getting your freedoms back, huh, people? Yeah. Take it in. (sighs) That's the smell of freedom, ladies and gentlemen. That's what that is. Take it in and bask in it. CDC's guidance giving cover to governments all across the country in small communities and large to keep their damaging societal damaging economic damaging masking mandates in place uh the 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 leon county commission i suspect will soon be facing protests people are over it they're done pfizer ceo predicts a oral antiviral pill to deal with covid ready by the end of the year that ought to help now look i'm grateful wonderful have one by the end of the year cop with LAPD sends out a note and follows it with a pretty articulate pleading for LeBron James to sit down and have a serious discussion because he doesn't get it he does not get policing and he needs to have a chat about it man up and have a chat Tomorrow, Steve Stewart from Tallahassee Reports, FSU Soccer's Mark Kerkorian, their team going for an NCAA title, and much more. Thanks for joining us. With the Lucky Land
4: Sluts, you can get lucky just
1: about
5: anywhere.
7: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start
6: getting lucky.